Hi, I'm Hannah, team manager with the Orange Arrow Players Association, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to coach student athletes to aim for success off the field. Please consider making a play by giving, hosting a friend raiser, subscribing to our podcast and YouTube channel, and staying connected on social media at Orange Arrow PA. Visit orangearrow.org for more information. Thank you for listening. Take aim. Welcome to Inside the Play Call with Orange Arrow, and I'm your host, Sean Robinson. And today, we have a very, very, very special guest, my guy, my brother, big little bro, a.k.a. Mr. Pittsburgh, Penny Samayo. Big purr, big word. Penny, <laughs> welcome to the pod. How are you? Sean, man, I love you to death. I am so excited to be here. I appreciate that dynamic intro, my friend. My guy, man, man, I wish I could do more, man, because, like, we're going we to talk through it throughout, man, because they say they give give people their flowers while they're here, man. We're going to give you your flowers, man, because <laughs> all the work that you do for people. And But before we before we go down that road, I said big purr, big word. Do you know why every time I see you or speak to you, why do I say big purr and big word? Do you remember? Uh, you know what? I actually do, Sean, because – uh it was in our era of college, and as teammates, one of the most popular movies out at the time was Friday. And one of the characters in there, Chris Tucker, uh, referred to another character as, hey, big perm, big worm, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so during that time, I mean, your your name is Penny, but, it's, but by your size, you probably should be called a dollar or something, you know, a $100 bill, but... You were growing your hair out, so you had a lot flowing. It was like permeish, so it was like big permeate wearing and stuff, man. All love, all love, man. Great times, great times. Has anything positive come out for you in 2020, whether it's family related, hobbies, mm. something positive for the 2020 year? Oh, wow. You know, that's a great, great question and even better perspective, you know, seeing it's been a really rough year all around. Um, but what, where has been, where are the jewels of this great year for individuals in? I will have to say from a personal note, um, I, I've been blessed and fortunate. My wife and I just celebrated our one year anniversary. Uh, congratulations. So, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Did you yeah. play Tony, Tony, Tony? It's our anniversary. <laughs> you know what? Now you you make me wish I did. <laughs> year two. Year two. Year, year two. two. I'll we, send you a text reminder now that I know the date. You got to play that classic anniversary song. But go ahead and continue. Congratulations. Absolutely. Well, yeah, from, from the personal side, you know, just being blessed and uh, to be able to get closer with my wife, my partner. Uh, and then from work, you know, we we – actually we're looking to be more intentional with how we work with our students and so what we did is we decided to launch two big initiatives that really has been in the making over the last three years one is we launched our personalized education model where we divvied up each team to have a life skills point person and then we would work one-on-one -on -one with our team reps to make sure that we're covering topics like life skills, financial education, mentorship, um, helping them in their life beyond sport, which I know that is a, a really great space where you are doing great work, Sean. And then the other piece was our first year student class. You know, the name of our class is called the Inter and Intra Personal Skills Development Course from the classroom to the community. 
So we're really excited that we were able to launch that this fall um, with our School of Education, as well as with our mental health um, team members in athletics. That's wonderful. Wonderful work that you all do. We're going to be digging that a lot later and, uh, and going deeper in that. Like hats off, man. We're definitely like-minded when it comes to this space, helping young people, helping the uh, the future generation. As we think about warm-up questions, so we talked about 2020. Next one I have for you: If you're going to listen to one musical artist for 30 days straight, who are you choosing? Ooh, we, wow, that's a good one. So many, so many great artists out there. But you know, I, I think I'm gonna go with. Uh, a band that Lusaka introduced me to. Uh, and I just been rocking them literally probably for the last like, you know, three, four months. And that's Black Pumas. Not hip. Yeah. Where I, are they from? Uh, you know what? I, actually, I wish I knew. I don't know too much about them we'll other look than. It up. Yeah, we'll have to look it up. But I really enjoy their style, their music, their messaging. And, and, and you know, it just really puts me into a. Uh, a really great mindset. Black Pumas. Now, is there anybody that's that you compare the two that's well known, or, or they're kind of carving out their own lane? You know, I I will say they're they're carving out their own lane. They have a really great sound. Um, I think they were even up for Grammys. If not, they wow. might have won a Grammy. But um, yeah, they they just have this really great sound and mellow mood, but still a consciousness about them. So I, I really enjoy listening to Black Pumas. That's very nice. And I wonder if they could wear any other shoe than a black Puma. Hmm, I guess I'll do some research on that. <laughs> do they, they stay don't... on red to that level? <laughs> yeah, they don't make them in size 17, probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. Last one. What is your favorite TV show of all time? Of all time? Ooh, I'm, I'm going to have to dig back on this one. I, okay, I, take I, back. I, refer, I reference this show at least once a month. MacGyver. What? The original MacGyver. <laughs> okay. With Richard Dean Anderson. Here's why. Here's why I always say we've heard the out. terminology MacGyvering a situation. Well, MacGyver's character was so well known to take any obstacle, any barrier, and then he would take any anything he had. It could be a stick of gum, a paper clip, a rubber band, and he will solve the issue. So to me, he was a great problem solver. He was always in for the right reasons. And he was independent. You know, he wasn't wasn't tied down with a certain corporations. But as a kid, I just loved his imagination of, of how he solved problems. Wow, that's pretty cool. And now that you break it out like that, it makes sense. Because that's how you operate strategically, <laughs> problem solving. However you got to figure it out, you'll figure it out. P.D. MacGyver or Samaya. So, Penny, take us back. Hometown, where are you from growing up playing sports? Utica, take it away. Oh, I love it. Well, I uh, grew up in Utica, New York, was born in San Diego, California. Oh, okay. Uh, at, at the military base in Camp Pendleton, my, my father uh, was a Marine. Uh, my mother and father, unfortunately, when they split, you know, my mother took six of us. There's seven, but uh, my oldest brother was adopted by my grandmother and grew up in Samoa, in American Samoa. And then the six of us boarded a Greyhound bus from San Diego, California, all the way to Utica, New York, which is right outside of Syracuse. About outside of Syracuse. Yep, right outside of Syracuse, New York. So, and, so, 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 where do you fall in the seven age range? 
Uh, I am the second youngest. Second youngest. Second yep. Youngest. So awesome. imagine this. My mother and father has seven kids in six years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So so there's a set of twins one year older yeah. than me. And then there's um, the oldest is um, female and the youngest is female. And then there's five boys in between. Mm-hmm. Got you, got you. So the second youngest, and where do you rank in size? By far the number one largest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So you so you on a bus from San Diego to Utica from yep. there? From there, uh, arrived in Utica when I was four years old. And, uh, you know, this is a, a little known fact about my hometown of Utica, New York, is the fact that um, in the high school I attended, at the time, there were somewhere around 32 native languages spoken. It's wow. considered one of the most diverse cities in the U.S. Um, uh, and also a refugee city. So a lot of different um, cultures, a lot of different people from different backgrounds came to Utica, New York to um, to live and, and start families and, and, and to grow. And for me, it was beautiful. It was fabulous. You know, growing up as a four-year-old all the way up until I was 17, I went to Thomas R. Proctor High School, very, very proud graduate of Proctor High School. Uh, and it really helped me grow as a person with such a diverse group of friends, diverse group of uh, of teammates, um, fellow musicians. I was also a musician in, in in school. So we got to pause, man. <laughs> Play or what instrument or instrument? Uh, so I played the viola from fourth grade until my senior year. And uh, I actually was never, I never took a private lesson. I was only school taught, public school. Okay. And, and then, you know, by the time I was in high school, I actually didn't know how good I was. I was very blessed to have some great conductors. And they decided to send me to different places to do uh, competitions and, you know, uh, join quartets. Like, I, one of my first jobs was actually performing in a quartet, like whether it be in weddings, at banquets, at what? Know, places. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Now, can you still play it? You know, I, I, I have no idea. I really wish I would have maintained it in college. Uh, but every year I keep telling myself, buy a viola, pick it back up. I yeah. miss music. I really do miss playing it. I don't know if I miss performing it, but I miss playing it. Um, just to me, it was so fun to just like, I'll turn it to uh, BET and me and my, my partner, we'd be uh, watching different videos and we just start playing because we could listen to the music and then play by ear. Wow. So, yeah. That's impressive. That's impressive. So growing up, I played the, I started off playing the piano, organ a little bit. I wish I would have stuck with that, but uh, I played the alto saxophone a little bit and, and uh, I did take private lessons and I was able to play by ear to a certain extent. But I mean, not necessarily watching the BET videos and just be able to just rip though. So that, that's, we, we're gonna have to bring that back. I'm gonna have to start that hashtag. Yeah, we're absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta figure out what it's gonna be. Something, but yeah, that would be super cool. So, so thinking of music, you love music. You have a great voice. Now, can you sing, or were you able to sing? Did you sing growing up? I I, I did musicals in high school. Mm. But I've never trained in, in choir or anything. I could use it, trust me. Uh, my home <laughs> church here at, in Pittsburgh, uh, when I joined, I did join the choir. I was hoping to be a, a, 
a tenor, but uh, really a bass. <laughs> <laughs> Could have told you that beforehand, bro. <laughs> Could have told me that beforehand, right? Like everybody want to be the first front sound, but no, I, you know, I dabble here and there, but I've never done it in any other space other than church choir, gotcha, as an gotcha. adult. <laughs> right, right, right. All right. So back to Utica. Sports. What was sports like growing up for you? Oh, I tell you, you know, for me, it was actually a bit of a struggle because. I only was able to play football when I got into seventh grade because of my size. All my siblings, my, my brothers played organized Pop Warner and, you know, they were playing at, at different levels. And I was a younger brother. Uh, they were also playing basketball, right, um, in the church league. Uh, but me, I was like the statistician. I always wasn't I wasn't the most fit kid. Uh, but I always wanted to. So it wasn't until seventh grade that uh, the coach at the time actually allowed me to play, but I was underage. I was 11 years old, but I was one of the biggest kids. So he just said, hey, we'll just tell people we mixed you and your brothers up. But the funny thing is all four of us were on the team. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, for, for me, football obviously was, was really important to me. Um, and then also indoor and outdoor track. We had really great track coaches and track culture in my city um, with some really talented folks. Um, but on top of the sports, you know, it was everything else we did, you know, like music, musicals. Um, you know, we did we did some volunteer work, a lot of volunteer work, actually, as kids, you know, whether it's cutting our neighbor's grasses and, and going to nursing homes to visit with the uh, with the tenants there. But sports, well, sports was big where I lived. So did you look up to any professional athletes when you were growing up? Oh, yeah. By far, the number one idol for me, and still to this day, who I, I idolized was uh, Junior Seau. Mm, yeah, rest in peace. Wow, yeah. Rest in peace, absolutely. Junior Seau, I, I'll never forget it. I was in seventh grade study hall, and there was a magazine, Sports Illustrated, in the corner of the room, and it had him on the cover, and I've never heard of him. I just saw it. He was on a jet ski, or, or he maybe even ski, um, screaming in his San Diego Chargers uh, uniform, but after reading the article that was in there, all I could do was try and find more and more information about him and then ironically i asked my mom and my my aunt and they said we were related uh we were distant relatives um wow. through, through marriage uh my mother's aunt was uh her uncle was married to junior's aunt and uh later in life i actually got to meet them uh when i traveled to san diego uh and junior's brother at the time um was living there so um you know, it was, they told me the truth. You know, there's a saying, yeah. all Samoans say they're related. Well, right. <laughs> I, I actually saw it. <laughs> so. Right, 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 right. You did your research. Wow. Wow. So, um, so in high school, so what was the recruiting process like for you? You know, for me, I actually had no idea what, what was going on. You know, we had at the time, maybe two of our alum who were recruited. And one was by the name of Corey Mitchell, who ended up going to UMass. And um, he actually played for um, Coach Whipple, who was our offensive coordinator at Pitt. Wow, right? that sports community is a small community, small right? Small community. And Coach, Coach Whipple was the first uh, Division One coach to offer me out of high school. 
So Why, when he was at UMass, when he was at UMass, how about that? Okay, yeah, it's a, a small, small world. And then, and does he hold a grudge against you? No, okay, <laughs> not that he, not that he's here now. So it's all right. 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 <laughs> but yeah, continue. Yeah, so so I actually didn't know what was going on. I, I really couldn't comprehend it and wrap my arms around it. I just knew I had. Um, some coaches uh, in a sport AD at my high school, Artie Aselta, who were really instrumental in helping to ex provide exposure and, and contacts. And, um, you know, I, all of a sudden I'm getting these letters and they're from all different levels, you know, division three, two, one, one A. And to me at the time, I couldn't really differentiate different letter, different levels, let alone schools. Mm -hmm. You know, in my mind, I was set. I think I was prepared to go serve in the military or work in the steel factory back home. And college really was never a driving force for me because I don't think I had the confidence academically. I was a real average student, but college just didn't seem in reach for me at the time. Um, not because it wasn't achievable, I just never gave myself the chance to really think about it. Um, but I was fortunate to really have some great peers, mentors in my life. And then all of a sudden they're saying, hey, they want you to come visit. So I didn't know what that meant. First plane ride I ever took was, <laughs> was to New Hampshire. I, I took a visit to University of New Hampshire. Um, I enjoyed that experience, but then I realized how, how cold it was. <laughs> <laughs> way cold in the Utica and then I came to Pitt on a visit and the, the difference was to me that I saw more opportunities and it wasn't just more opportunities in sports I saw more opportunities in life when I came to Pitt and um, that's when I realized hey I can see myself be a part of this and I could keep discovering new things to do while I'm here and that's how I've lived my life since you know uh, I've been really uh, blessed and fortunate that um Pitt wanted me to attend this university. Now, who recruited you from Pitt? Uh, Tom Freeman. <laughs> Coach Freeman. Wow. Oh, yeah. Coach Freeman. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Native of Bakersfield, California, former uh, Oakland Raider. And, uh, you know, we still keep in touch. Uh, still in touch with Coach Freeman, Coach Harris. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the coaches you and I had. Um, in our time. So we'll be forever grateful to Coach Freeman for taking a chance on me and, and Coach Harris. So, uh, so take it back. Utica, you said it's close to Syracuse. Was Syracuse University, were they, were they ever in a car responsibility? They were. So at the time, I was being recruited by David Walker, who also okay. came to Pitt and was a running backs coach under uh, Coach um, Wanstead. And he and I developed a good relationship. But what I think they made a decision to offer another player who was actually out of Syracuse. It was, I guess it was down to the two of us. Uh, and to me, you know, it was, okay, they moved on. And honestly, I didn't know the process. So I was just like, okay, I just stopped getting calls. So I'm just going to sit here and wait. But um, yeah, it was, if I could do it all over again with the knowledge I have now, you know, I think I would probably be more strategic and how I tracked everything because so much of it, I just relied on, on my coaches to, to kind of help explain things for me that I, I, I couldn't understand at the time. So one of the reasons why I asked about Syracuse because they recruited me as well. So I wonder if there's a chance our path would have crossed in Syracuse. Man. So, uh, so I remember going to a game, it was freezing. 
Uh, but 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 a couple of things blew me away. When I was in the locker room, one guy was taking a locker. I feel like he had 15 pairs of Jordans. I was like, I need to come here. So that was uh, Donovan McNabb's locker. Yeah. yeah, so that was McNabb's locker. I mean, that's probably some, yeah. So he had 15 pairs of Jordans. There's probably some reasons why he had that. He was a McNabb. <laughs> Uh, but the other thing is, I had an interest in going into broadcasting. Mm. Syracuse has a strong broadcasting communications department. Uh, but but at Pitt, Coach Junko recruited me, and we know Junko's a salt of earth, and he okay. showed me that he wanted, and, and the team and the, the coaching staff wanted me to be there at Pitt. I didn't get that same type of feeling uh, with the interactions and the recruiting from Syracuse. Um, but uh, but yeah 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 but. That's crazy. There's there's a chance we could have crossed paths in Syracuse, but hell to pit, all love the pit. Hell to pit. Amen. And thinking of pit, what's some of your fondest memories at pit? Ooh. On you or know, off the field? I would say definitely first and foremost on the field with with our brothers like you. You know your big return against Oregon State in the Inside Bowl. You know, hey, love. I'm gonna I'm gonna shout that one out. Love, love. Because <laughs> that was beautiful, right? And. You know those those days on on Cardiac Hill and and then also Shenley Park Hill. You know you remember walking up backwards or down backwards on that hill was even as strugglesome, right? So so I would tell you this. Speaking of that hill, so I came to pit a year before you, and so right before my freshman year, we were running those hills with Buddy with Buddy Moore. So you know I mean we trained in high school, but you train differently when you get to college, especially with Buddy Moore as a strength and conditioning coach. I was struggling going up and down that hill. And it was to the point where we were going to run extra. And Phil Clark, you know, he was a starting linebacker at the time, had something to say to me face to face. Ooh. I was like, well, all right, I got through it. But I was like, man, I don't know this for me. Like, yeah, Phil Clark was a mean dude, man. So that, yeah, those hills, man, bring back memories. We'll go ahead and continue. Oh, yeah. And, and you remember the fields back in Johnstown. You were – there at least twice that was my first experience and yeah you know welcome. three a days yeah welcome welcome indeed. <laughs> you know a lot and I tell our students now it's like you know for six days of practice you have three a days and we look forward to Sundays because it was the day we had two a days right <laughs> right yeah many times I contemplating whether or not if this sport was for me or not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and let's just say we're I'm thankful there were no cell phones at the time because we only had you remember those those calling cards yes and i fortunately for me in life i ran out of minutes before i could call home to say come pick me up <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know the fellowship of, of our time together but also um what i really enjoyed about my experience at Pitt was the getting to explore as a student you know being activated as uh, members of Asian Student Society, uh, Asian Students Association, Black Action Society, you know, emceeing different uh, campus events and shows. And I remember at one point you and I even talked about starting a fraternity. <laughs> yeah, no, that's oh. true. I, I think my my motivation because I wanted to step. I want to create. <laughs> I want to I want to create new dance, new step, hey. stepping, But like, yo, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, thinking back, I wish we would have uh, saw that through. But yeah, that's that was definitely a motivating factor. <laughs> well, you were good at it, and you would have definitely been a choreographer. <laughs> hey, 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 you would have been able to nail the choreography as well. Don't get it, don't get it twisted by Penny's side. Penny, Penny could, Penny could go now. Penny could dance a little bit. Hey. Penny, Penny holds it down. I, I'll, I'll, uh, 
I'll uh, uh, equate that to the Pacific Islander in me. There it is. <laughs> there it is. And so, so you mentioned some things, Black Action Society. So where did you get the foresight to get involved with so many things as a student athlete? Because oftentimes, you know, as athletes come in and really focus on our sports and we do like what we have to do, not necessarily go above and beyond. And that's something, if I had to go back, I would have been more engaged with the general student body. Well, that's something that you were in. You were voted homecoming king. Like, like, so where did that motivation or where did that foresight talk, talk to us about that? Yeah, no, Sean, that's a great question. I, I believe for me, it was in my curiosity, right? You know, our, our athletic director, Heather Like, always has this great line saying, get to curious, you know, and when you're curious about something, you want to explore it. So for me, it was ingrained in me at a young age. I was always an explorer. I wanted to see what everything was like. I wanted to know about people and I wanted to understand things. And the same thing in high school, you know, we were doing things in high school that, you know, your average 16, 17 year olds probably wouldn't be doing like visiting nursing homes, you know, without it being organized for you. Like we just wanted to go spend time with people. Um, and then also once I got to Pitt and I heard about all the different things and, and clubs and I was like, well, I want to know what that's about. Uh, but then we also had great, great um, classmates who were older that also, you know, um, helped guide us. And I think of, you know, um, Dion from our, who was a volleyball player. Dion was the president of Black Action Society while we were in undergrad. I think about um, Dr. Bettina Love. You know, she was a member of our women's basketball team and she was a senior, I believe, when I was a freshman. And, you know, she would just always be talking to us in study hall about just being more than just an athlete. And now, you know, you look at Dr. Bettina Love, she's she's one of the nation's leaders in, in education and and comes to visit and guest lecture here at this university. So having just great people in your in your corner, in your sphere. And having an open mind to explore, you know, I think that is also important as well. Um, your willingness to um, try something different. Mm, that's good. That's good. That's good. And so, so when you think about, you know, you had a wonderful time at Pitt. How was that transition from being a student athlete and going into uh, your professional career? You know, it, uh, it was to me probably the rude awakening I needed. Um, so at the time I knew I wasn't going to pursue the sport of football after my senior year. Um, so I was honed in on trying to make sure I could find a job, you know, a career. And I was recruited in a sales company. Sales industry is one of the top, um, top industries that a lot of student athletes find success in. You know, it's competitive, the independent work, goal setting, whole motivation, self-motivational and drive. And what I found out was I probably wasn't in the best situation of sales. I didn't know enough about the company. I didn't know enough about the industry. There was a lot of work I needed to do um, that I had to get prepared for. So coming up to about three weeks um, before my rent was due, uh, I found out that the company I had signed on with folded. Oh, yeah. So I didn't have it's a job. Yeah. yeah, it's all about timing. So, you know, three weeks, wow. three weeks. So I happened to be standing at Scotty's hot dog stand in front of Hillman Library. 
And wow, I forgot about that hot dog stand. Oh, wow. yeah, it, it's wow, Scotty, great yeah. hot dogs and chicken. Wow, dad, 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 get some chicken on there, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's Scotty. Wow, that was good, man. Wow. Yeah. So I'm standing there and and I've known Scotty my whole college career as everyone did at the time. And he's like, Dad, Dad, what's wrong? I said, Scotty, man, I got to find a job. He's like, oh, you want a job? He's like, yeah, I got to find. He said, no, you want a job? I said, yeah. He's like, meet me here at 9 a.m. So I start working for Scotty and then I start picking up other part time, you know, just side gigs so I can at least make sure I set my goal of paying rent. Right. In the midst of that, everything I did on campus came to fruition. Um, A dear friend of mine, Jennifer O'Toole, who works in athletics, and then um, Joel Barton, who also used to work in athletics with us in Life Skills, but now is working in OFA. um, They saw me selling hot dogs, and I used to work for them in undergrad in Piss Start. And they said, what are you doing? I was like, I'm trying to make ends meet. You know, I'm still job hunting. They encouraged me to apply as a temp in OFA, which I did. And I got hired in the Office of Admission and Financial Aid. So at the time, I think I had seven jobs simultaneously. And, And then Jeff Long called me, our athletic director at the time, and asked me if I wanted to be Pitt's first sideline reporter um, with him. And I said, yeah without even right. thinking twice. Uh, I still don't know what I got paid, but I, I said, <laughs> yes. Uh, so all of those opportunities, because of the, the reputation I had, the character I showed, the experiences I gained in athletics and in academics and on campus, you know, it helped pave the way to where I am today. And I spent a year in admissions and then they created a life skills program and position and I got a call from my mentor, Donna Sam, and said, hey, you know, we think you'd be really great at this. Would you be interested in applying? And she said, it's going to be a national search, but, you know, we think really highly of you and we think you can help us uh, grow this program. And I said, yeah, I had no idea what life skills was at the time <laughs> and not at least until six months into the job did I really figure it out. But boy, oh boy, am I so thankful to Donna and and in really all the people who've been instrumental in my life. And it helped me find my passion. It helped me align my, my purpose and really helped me just keep this drive of 16 years now with um, this university as a professional and 15 years running our life skills program. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Hey, one of the things, as I hear your story, and I want you to speak to this, the power of relationships. Speak speak to that. Absolutely. Well, Sean, I, I can't stress relationships enough. Um, you know, I believe relationships are the foundation of trust. And with relationships, why? Why are relationships so important is because you get to show both your your successes and the great things about you and also who you are deep down inside. You know, one of the things we, we talk to our students about is we all have values, right? Like you imagine this is the surface of the water. Underneath here are all our values, all our beliefs, 
you know, the characteristics that are important to us. And it's not until we show them through our actions and behavior above the surface of the water that people really get to know and understand. And part of that is in sharing your stories, sharing our stories with each other, like Sean knowing, knowing about you and you knowing so much about me, that helps open up the, the great building block of relationships where it's identifying what's great about people, also identifying where we can help people, and then also being able to be leaned on for others. Sometimes you don't need to respond, but people look for someone who they can lean on to just listen, just hear them out. And what that builds is trust. And when you can build a trusting relationship, then you are building stronger opportunities and people who you can network, connect with whenever you are finding um, things that you need opportunities in or to face down obstacles or or get through barriers. So relationships, I mean, I, I, honestly, I think that's the number one thing that we as human beings can really focus on and align ourselves with getting better at um, and truly cherishing them. And so when we think about life skills and, and now as Orange Arrow has entered into this um, university college athlete life skills space, when we whether it's the University of Miami or potential other schools we're partnering with, when we say the University of Pittsburgh Life Skills Department, I mean, it's nothing but praises. I mean, hats off to you and your team and the work that you all do because you all are truly a leader in this space. And we thank you for the opportunity to, to support you all and your student athletes and reinforces, reinforces the things that, that you all are teaching them so they can apply it through OA and then also, you know, making that connection to the community. And so it's definitely all about, you know, it's the teamwork and it's also the university, but you, you are at the heart and core of that. And so I want to thank you for being a resource to me as I grow in the life skills space. You've been doing it longer than I have. I mean, I, I admire you. I look up to you, man, e even though well, I literally I look up to you as well, even though I'm older <laughs> than you, but I look up to you in the life skills space, man. So thank you for being a trailblazer. Appreciate all that you do. And so when you think about pit life skills, like what is what are what are you proud of? Mm. What makes you smile? What makes your heart smile? Of what, what you all have accomplished. Wow. That's, you know, I actually get asked that question quite a bit, but you know, every time I, I get asked that, it just still makes me pause. Um I truly, truly um believe the greatest the greatest part of working in life skills is hearing all the stories, following the journeys of all of the student athletes that we've been blessed to be connected with and build relationships with, you know, like for example, Austin Ransom, who was a walk on football player from Buffalo, New York, earned a scholarship um, became a starter in his senior year. And then all of a sudden he's like, hey, I'm going to pursue graduate school. You know, are there any opportunities? Well, we hired him. We hired him because of the character, because of the, the work that he put in as a student athlete in the community. And after we hired him, he helped grow us. And to me, we built such a beautiful relationship. He, he even asked me to, um, to serve in his wedding. Right. Like 
that was yeah. that's that's the most powerful thing as an educator you can ever ever be in is the fact that here you have one of your students asking you to be a part of their wedding you know so um it's stories like that and then you know seeing how they grow then they became they become their own leaders and then the best part about it is how they return to give back like for example sam card who played softball who also worked as an intern after she finished her undergrad she's a global traveler she travels around the world is a top business professional but she still gives back in in her time and her advice and and making sure she's building relationships um like guys like rara who's with oa you know i just smile and they're just knowing the, the the high quality of character and people that you know you can't help but just think hey was there something we did to help to help bring this out we know we can't take credit for all of it we right. just want to help water the seed so that it can blossom right um so to me that will always be the greatest benefit of this work we do right we call it work but in reality it's it's a it's it's our life it's our lifestyle it's 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 our passion and purpose yes it is yes it is so uh so as we begin to wrap up i want your take on why is the work of orange arrow coaching student athletes be successful off the field outside of the sport why is that important there's three names i'm gonna say to you that are affiliated with orange arrow and i just want you to react to them so first aisha muhammad oh my lord I... yeah <laughs> okay Aisha Muhammad will go down as one of my all-time favorites because of where we started and where she is now. Right. Right. So I'll never forget, I'm in uh, an academic advisor's office. Aisha's in there. We've not met yet. And I just say, hey, how you doing? I'm Penny. And in Aisha fashion, she looks at me, gives me the one, two. She's like, how you doing? Look up and down like, right? You know, she she gave me that. Right, okay, right. Okay, and keep it moving. Like, Who are you, right? Right. So there was zero relationship, right? But then I knew, I said, okay, I'm going to keep peppering you with more and more and more. And that's what we did. And then she saw the benefits of, of what we do, how we do it, why we do it. And I'll never forget when we said Orange Arrow. She's like, okay, yeah, I think I could get down with that. But now look at her, right? And, wow. and what yeah. she's been um, doing with you and Sean, I cannot, I absolutely cannot thank you enough for what you've done for Aisha, for Rara, for the countless student athletes at Pitt that have come across Orange Arrow, have been ingrained with Orange Arrow, and really have grown on beyond um to where they are now like you know um let's take take a guy like our guy uh oh, bennett over in oklahoma yeah isaac yeah isaac yeah. oh my goodness yeah. like he was one of the early early was, guys yes, with was. orange one arrow of the early guys. yeah one of the early guys with orange arrow then he saw so much interest in the great work you were doing that we nominated him to be a part of coach for college where we sent him to vietnam we sent him to Vietnam for six weeks where he got to teach and, and coach. And that experience led him to his pathway of purpose and starting his own nonprofit and 
the work that he's doing to this day in his hometown. Yeah, and Tulsa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful Absolutely. Thing. So with Aisha, I when you say her name to me, I will always blow up with excitement and and pure joy because I love talking to her. I love the fact that I've gotten to watch her grow. Uh, and I do say a big part of that is because of the connections she's been able to make with OA and how you've, you've helped um, helped her grow in her own ways. And, and thank you for that connection. Aisha has been great. She, I, I keep telling her low key, she should try to try her hand on being a comedian because she's low key, <laughs> really, really funny, but she, she's not embracing it yet. So I'm about to make hilarious. sure she hears this. Aisha, I'm pulling for you. Like, try your hand at comedy. She is hilarious, sneaky funny, sneaky funny. I got two more. Next one Donna Sam, one of our board members. I already mentioned her in this podcast. Right, right. But I will tell you, I will not be where I am if it were not for Donna Sand and her belief in me. And, and I'll, I'll share it in this way. When I was first hired, Donna said something to me that I totally misinterpreted, but I'm glad I did because um, it lit a fire under me, but it also reaffirmed to me her belief. And she said, Penny, I do not see you in this role or position for more than two years. And at the time I'm thinking, okay, Penny, you're two and done, figure something out. But what she really meant was she saw so much potential in me, so much growth that I was going to close a gap on that I wasn't going to be a, the coordinator after two years. In fact, I was going to be growing beyond that. And I tell you, I, I love Donna to death. She and I, and, and then also Donna Sloan, we, yeah, still, Donna. we still connect monthly. We do a monthly Zoom call. And so uh, two great Donnas, Donna, Donna Sloan, Donna Sam. And actually, I feel I definitely me, and I feel like there were a lot of the student athletes when they were both working in the athletic department. When you say Donna, Sam to Sloan, you'd be like, which one is which? which <laughs> and, and honestly, you have to say, is it a white one or a black one? <laughs> <laughs> two great individuals, two great individuals. And Donna, Donna Sam has been wonderful to us um, uh, with her leadership on the board of Orange Arrow. I mean, like, I'm forever grateful and thankful for her. Last Absolutely. one, you mentioned this, this person as well. Our brother, Lusaka Polite, mm. will come to mind. Genuine spirit. Just a genuine spirit who will do everything for the right reasons. You know, such a principled soul who, you know, we call, we call him the, uh, the utility knife of the office because he can do anything. If there's a problem, he's already working to solve it. If there's a situation, he has the right answers. But most importantly, he knows how to meet people where they are in such a genuine way. And, you know, I've been so blessed that he's been my best friend for 21 years now. We were roommates all through college. And, you know, I'll never forget when he was playing for Dallas Cowboys, I was in town for a conference and you know what it was like, right? Like we were young. And when people say, Oh man, my boy's in the NFL, you, people always assume that, you know, you're going to go out, you're going to, you know, night out on the town. <laughs> all we did was the same thing we did when we lived together. We, he picked me up. We went out to eat and then we went back to his place and just watched DVDs of 
Friday, Friday, next Friday, baby boy, you know, the same things we did in college because that's, that was us. You know, we were just so real with each other and still are to this day. Um, so when I think of him, I think of my, my, my universal twin because uh, I just love him to death. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, that's my guy, man. I mean, there's no words, fully words that we can fully describe how great of a person Lusaka is, man. Like, I mean, everything you did, I echo that. It, it really sums it up. I'm forever thankful for Lou. And uh, the one thing with Lou, a couple, well, one thing I'm thinking about, like he has a hard time remembering his freshman year, you, you all's freshman year at Johnstown, when I welcomed, welcomed him to college football, because he came around the corner and I, boom, gave him a little shoulder and put him down. <laughs> and so, so we talked to Lou, asked him like, like, you have to remember, like, you remember that time Sean Rob basically welcomed you to college football? And so uh, for some reason, it is not the same in his memory, but I remember pretty vividly. He come around the corner and I welcomed him to college football. <laughs> Ooh, our brother. And so, and so, so as we wrap up the question, why is the work of Orange Arrow? Why is it important? Well, Sona, I, I think first and foremost is it is helping our young people see spaces in areas in life, opportunities in life that might not be clear for them yet. Um, the work that you are doing, the work in, and the importance of what you're establishing is helping to prepare our young student athletes, not just for what it'll be like as they transition to high school and then college, but the transitions into life, right? So I love the things that you do, for example, like um, the etiquette training, you know, the the on the on the fly conversations right like these yeah, we, yeah we we see these things as adults as staples and you're giving these young student athletes an edge by helping to develop them and train um but one of the things i i also truly appreciate this and i don't think i ever shared this with you is you're giving these young people critical thinking skills right when we look at it, they're going to be better decision makers. They're going to be better at helping to establish and identify what is truly important and not necessarily go with whatever is trending or popular, which we know can, can also be down a bad path. So the work that you are doing, and it's, it's, it's fabulous. Like, I think it was, uh, was that Matthew who did the interview with, um, uh, the Buffalo Bills quarterback, Josh. Oh, Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh yeah, Allen, yeah, yeah. 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 So I coached him um, in flag football two years ago. Oh, then, Dylan. Di oh, Dylan, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 Dylan. Dylan. Yeah, yeah, Dylan, our guy Dylan, yes. So watching Dylan during that interview, even in that small clip, I just it made my heart smile because I've seen him develop from when – he two three years ago when he when we were doing flag football league to where he's now confident in the camera asking questions to you know josh allen the superstar and uh, man i just absolutely love it and and so actually speaking of dylan dylan um one of his career goal is to be the working on congress like like wow. dylan has grown so much and so yeah, now it's a beautiful thing. And you said a flat football league. So shout out to another brother, Chris Kerr, Pittsburgh Flat Football League. Yeah. And it's just really cool to have 
like like-minded individuals around and really just want to help and pour pour back into young people, man. So again, Penny, thank you for your time. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for your continued support of the work of Orange Arrow. Look forward to catching up with you soon. Hopefully in, in person, once we get off this uh, pandemic, I can make a trip back to Pittsburgh. But uh, since it's probably snowing right now, like 30 degrees, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to stay here in South Florida, high 70, low 80 on the golf course. But uh, now, Penny, <laughs> big part of the world, thank you for your time, man. Hell to pit. Hell to pit. And thank you, Sean. Blessings.